I always feel like there needs to be like some sort of jingle here, like mail time. <laughs> Maybe I'll just copy and paste that into every episode. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> I'm sure everyone will agree. No, thank you. another episode of is fitz happy i'm luke and i'm emma and tonight we are discussing chapter 23 the wedding um so this intro blurb here is kind of discussing some of shrewd's um the way he rules basically uh and it says that verity kind of takes those to heart and these later come into play at the end of this chapter in his warning to regal August. Um, The art of diplomacy is the luck of knowing more of your rival's secrets than he knows of yours. Always deal from a position of power. And that'll... I'll I'll bring up again um, a little bit at the end there what what I kind of mean by that where it comes into play, but do you have anything else besides like that that this might be referencing to or do you think it's just that last message in the chapter or did you not really like read into this intro um well what i got out of the intro was that shrewd thinks power is kind of luck based um it's the luck of knowing more of your rival's secrets um which i mean doesn't have to necessarily really mean luck as in like oh just right. hope i find out like yeah. he has shade and obviously he's going to try to deploy any means necessary to get the tools he needs but um i don't know i just found it interesting that he recognizes that some of it's up to chance because sometimes just one stray word or phrase gains you more insight than you would would have had and then you can take down somebody with just barely anything. So I just thought it was really interesting. Yeah, that is like, yeah, when you were saying like he believes in luck, I'm just like, oh, but then you yeah. <laughs> pretty much agreed with what I was thinking, too, that the luck there is kind of um, a sarcastic phrase by Shrewd mm-hmm. because he puts so much effort into Sutterfuge and like spying and Right. I don't know. Maybe he thinks it's more of a luck that someone could outsmart him. <laughs> Maybe. That sounds like something. Um, but yeah, it's a little look into Shrewd, because we don't get much of him, honestly, in how he rules besides like these outside glances from Fitz or how the public views him. So it's kind of interesting sometimes to get a little bit more close and personal to how he actually views things. Right. Um, and then it uh, picks up where we left off with uh, Birik and Fitz outside of the stable where Birik found him, and they are hiding in, I think, the woods somewhere, just kind of camping out, waiting, um, trying to think of a plan to proceed to save the day. Right, and Fitz's idea is getting August. He puts a lot of trust in him, yeah. like still. Even though August is kind of a crap person at this point. Hey, right. I mean, he's yeah. really turned like into a completely different person than who Fitz knew growing up. And I just find it interesting that 
he puts so much faith in August telling the truth 100% of the time and doing right. what's right. Um, and that he doesn't question that even though August continues to be a jerk and continues to make pretty terrible decisions in my opinion. It is kind of proven that Fitz is a pretty good judge of character for him though. Like he always delivers his messages, even if it's with a, you know, backhanded, well, not even backhanded, just straight up like insults or whatever. Right. But I think like it might've sunk into his head that, from Verity and from, you know, Chade and stuff, that these people were trained to be tools. And August is a Kingsman. Like, he's a, he is a tool. Even though right. he's on the Galen and Regal side, he's not, like... He doesn't have a mind of his own, basically. Right. So I think Fitz is like, yeah, I think he's still loyal to the king. He's neutral. Yeah, he just looks down on Fitz because that's what he was taught right. to do. Right. So I think Fitz could, like, I, since this is important for the king to know, we can get him on our side, maybe. Right. And I guess, I mean, Fitz is probably used to people being a jerk to him just because of who he is. So <laughs> maybe true. it literally, like, doesn't offend him at all when, well, I'm sure it still offends him, but you know what I mean. Like, it doesn't outwardly offend him when people are a jerk to him for basically no reason. Right, yeah, he can keep a straight face, mm-hmm. at least. Um, But during this, he is contemplating something pretty dark and something new for him um, as a, you know, 15 year old Mm -hmm. that not a lot of young people contemplate or have to confront in their lifetime ever. And that's the potential of being crippled or hampered physically when previously you were hale and healthy all the time. Mm hmm. It's kind of confronting your mortality. It was hard in the midst of all that life to wonder how much of this damage was permanent. Were the days and strength of my youth already spent and nothing left to me but trembling and weakness? And yet with that in his mind, he's able to still that and push it out for now because of the training he's had and and what's actually in front of him. I think it shows like a huge strength of of will. Right. For Fitz. Definitely. Well, he's always had a strong will. So <laughs> but yeah. yeah, this definitely highlights it. And also um the training that he's kind of had his whole life because I think if the six duchies and Verity weren't in danger, he wouldn't be able to push it aside so easily. Right. Like, if this was just any other task, if this was even about, like, a, a like a bad person getting poisoned, I don't think he would have been able to set aside what he was going through. But I think because it's the Six Duchies as a whole, and also Verity, somebody who he loves and cares right. about strongly, he's like, okay, this can wait. Like, this will <laughs> still be a problem whenever this problem gets finished, so let me focus on the one that's, like, gonna hurt more people than just me but he is impetuous so i'm kind of surprised that like this didn't really cloud his judgment right well in the in the immediate future right i guess i'm also a little surprised because it it seems like he doesn't care much about the six duchies as a whole but i guess i mean it kind of puts in perspective like lots of people suffering at the hand of regal versus me and 
sometimes if you look at the bigger picture, it's easier to like push aside problems. Also, Fitz pushes aside all of his problems a That's lot. That's true. So <laughs> he doesn't like feeling his feelings. That could be also another reason. <laughs> Um, yeah, so they're they're thinking of August and Birk's kind of just like bouncing that idea back, like what you want me to just walk up to him and bring him? Um, I don't know, maybe we can get a cheer like bribe a cheerden to do it. They don't accept bribes. Okay. Um well you can just like bring him yourself, right? What you want me to stick a knife into his <laughs> into his back and say walk with me? <laughs> there's there's nothing we can really do. Um and he's also wondering like why do you think that August is innocent? And one of Fitz's reasonings is that the overheard conversation that he had at the end of last chapter, the skilling between Galen and Regal, August was not mentioned at all in those to kill or those to keep out or do anything, so he doesn't think he's involved. Fitz does not think that August is involved in any of those plots. Right. Which, do you think that's a fair assessment? I mean, it seemed like... Regal and Galen thought that they were completely private and were just kind of airing out everything around that problem. So it's a logical conclusion to jump to, but the way that he fully dives and trusts that, mm-hmm. I I don't know if I, in his place, I would do that. Right. Well, I think especially because it's followed up by him reasoning that August can't possibly be part of this because of the skill conversation is followed up by him talking about how he didn't think Regal could skill. In fact, he says Regal could not skill. There's not even a question. It's just Regal can't skill. Right. So how are they skilling? It, maybe it was some other magic. And there's no thought of... I mean, he knows that people can be used as a tool to draw strength from. So why wouldn't he think of that at all in this moment of... Maybe he's going through August. was helping. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I I feel like that would be my first thought. But also, I'm not struggling from poison. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) True. But Beric points out a, a really good thought here. If he's loyal to the king, meaning August, and has no suspicions of Regal, then he is loyal to Regal as well. Um, and that's where Fitz is like, well, we'll force him to come here then, because Verity has to be warned about this. And Eric's like, I'm not going to bring a knife onto the lead skill person here <laughs> and bring right. him. Do you think that if Beric decided to do this crazy plan, um, August could defend himself in any real way with the skill? No, because he's blocked off. I don't like Galen that's couldn't. fair. I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> I mean, I was more so thinking, like, does he have the ability to protect himself with skill as a weapon? Mm. Or can he only send and receive messages? I mean, I thought they they learned a bunch of things, but I guess it doesn't go through everything. And most of it was just like looking through other people's eyes and, and messages and stuff. So I don't know. Mm. Yeah. I don't know what they're capable of doing because Verity doesn't seem to think that they're very trained at all. Right. He but, calls them parrots. So. But like Will and uh, Serene, I think. And maybe is Burl another one? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I I think they like attack people like Fitz with a skill at points. 
But I don't remember what those battles look like or if they're just, like, trying to suck his strength out to kill him. Right. So I think August could try to do that, but he would be blocked off. Right. And also, would he jump to that if he didn't think Burek was good? Although he does think that he is one of those people that can give his skill to others because right. everybody thinks that about Burek. Yeah. Which is true technically, but not right now. <laughs> or ever again. And then the conversation leads to uh, bribing someone to bring him. And Eric's like, what would we use to bribe him? We have like nothing. And this is where the earring gets brought into play. Mm-hmm. And Beric like jumps out of his skin almost. And he's like, where'd you get that? Because this is the earring that he gave to chivalry. And he thought went to chivalry's grave with him. Yeah. Um, Fitz is silent waiting um, after Beric says she had no right and he says it was your father's I gave it to him he spoke quietly Fitz asks why because I wanted to obviously he closed the topic (laughs) Fitz is about to unfasten it and he just says no Keep it where it is, but it is not a thing to be spent in a bribe. It means a lot to him. Yeah. And we see that more in the series as it goes on. Again, we, we covered it before when Fitz got the earring from Patience, but this was the earring that his grandmother bought for her freedom. It was the slave symbol that she had been freed, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, passed down to him and then given to chivalry as a sign of his loyalty. Right. And later on in the chapter, we see a little bit more, and I think that's next chapter, next actually. Chapter. Yeah, next chapter, we see a little bit more of of, of that loyalty um, come through and Fitz starting to understand it. But for now, it's just like a puzzle to Fitz. Right, which most things are, so. Jean-Cui shows up then in the middle of this while they're having these conversations, trying to plan out everything, and she is led along by a pup from Nosy's family somewhere and one of Fitz's shirts so obviously the tracking dogs are doing their job and she found him mm-hmm. and she is adamant that they need to come back and that they need to hurry yeah, definitely and one one line I want to say here is that Burek had risen and taken a defensive posture over me even though they have all their difficulties and, and difference of opinions strong opinions in certain areas Eric still loves him and this is a marked change from the just what an hour previously of Beric almost not helping Fitz out in the stables right yeah so when he sees that earring he's like all of a sudden is way more defensive and, and helpful and mm. I think it's either it's either that it could be I mean I could be reaching there but it could be Beric just making up his mind helping Fitz out and then seeing that action through because he loves Fitz Mm -hmm. but I want to think that it's because like he loves Fitz yes and he was going to help him out but also like he sees the symbol now it's like okay I I pledged myself to like the man who wears his earring basically so I don't know. I think that Fitz puts a lot into the earrings meaning. Um, but I don't 
necessarily fully trust Fitz as a narrator. So <laughs> no, he is, I don't, yeah, he's not reliable. No, <laughs> I don't necessarily put as much weight on the earring. I think there's definitely history there and a reaction from Burek, and I think it helps strengthen his resolve for sure. Um, I see it as more of a reminder of this is Chivalry's son, and I can't walk away from him. Yeah. And less of like the earring is what I'm bound to. Cause in my mind that feels too genie ish. Like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> just rub the little netting with the blue gem and Burek will pop out. <laughs> you never had a friend like me, <laughs> except super judgy version. <laughs> I was picturing, picturing Shazam with Shaq actually. Oh, okay. or, uh, is it Shazam? Oh man. It might be Kazam or something like that. I feel like Shazam is yeah, a product or something. <laughs> like, no, isn't that a cleaning product? <laughs> Shazam was the um, the superhero with uh, the movie that came out, right? Didn't we decide that this was like some Mandela effect thing? I have no idea. I don't know. I have to look it up now. <laughs> okay. Shazam is 2019 action comedy movie. <laughs> with starring Zachary Levi and Kazam was the 90s genie film starring Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> very important distinction. Yes, very important. Anyway, Birik is Kazam. That's yes. That's was picturing. <laughs> Moral of the story. <laughs> um, but anyway, so that's why, I don't know, I don't put as much weight on the earring itself. I think it's more of just a visual reminder that he isn't, he can't give up on Fitz, even if he and even if it's just for loyalty of his father, which I don't think it fully is. I think it's more of like an excuse Bjork is giving himself to still be able to help and love Fitz, even though he doesn't agree with yeah the wit. That could definitely be true. But I don't know. I mean, that's just how I read it, and that's the beauty of books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jean Cui is here and saying that Ketchikan has forgiven you. I've counseled her long time basically jean Cui is the shade of this mm-hmm. kingdom she's the spy master i don't think she's like an actual assassin she could be she could be definitely she does know the she knows a lot powders of herbs and, and her, yeah. poisons and stuff but she for sure knows like all the information everywhere <laughs> mm-hmm. and is the advisor to the royal family um, 100%. So. Right. Well, she's definitely very smart. So, And also a sibling to the, the king. king. Uh-huh. So, little parallel there. Um, but uh, her, little, her little lines here when she's getting kind of angry leads me to that. It's, shall I take months and years to teach you all I know about balances? For a pull, a push, for a breath, a sigh... Do you think no one can feel how power slews and tilts just now? And that's just, it feels like Chade getting angry and like, you don't know anything about how yeah. these things work. I'm just pulling my strings. Uh-huh. These are very <laughs> strenuous threads and we cannot let them break. Right. And she also, before that, is talking about how um, the reason that any of this is going on is because Ketrikin is using her... Um, kin right she's evo- invoking her kin right to forgive kin for injury to kin and by our law if kin forgive kin no other can do otherwise so she's talking about this process of 
which would have had she had to have advised her to do this is the best way to make sure yeah Fitz survives because now he's basically pardoned um and she also talks about how um regal tries to dissuade them and even king eoid oh lord Ead. yes Ead, yeah <laughs> even king Ead agreed not because he does not mourn Rurisk, but because the strength and wisdom of jean Pei law must be respected by all. So you must come back. And I think this is a very important thing of they're doing something to undermine Regal's plot, whether or not they fully know at this point Regal had a hand in it, which I'm sure they do. And... They're doing that by strengthening their own power in the eyes of the six duchies people that are there by saying our laws are above yours. Well, at least while you're here, we're in the mountain kingdom. It's our law. It's our law. And our law says we get to pardon whoever we want to pardon. And I just think it's a very important stance that had to have been thought up beforehand because if this was just Ketrickin saying simply, I don't wish to pursue this or I want an investigation done then that doesn't really give her any power or standing. Right. And this props up the Mountain Kingdom in a way, and I just really respect that intelligence and thought behind the process. Definitely, yeah. Leaves their agency there. Mm-hmm. Um, she also says at the end, I do not know who I wish to win until I do. I will let no player be eliminated. That's just Jonqui herself because she is not forgiven fits either. Um, but everything's in place still. So Birik is uh, happy with that explanation, and they all journey back to the palace, where Fitz doesn't draw a lot of attention at all, because no one really knows they they're doing exactly. See, the last few chapters are are interesting because everything's kind of out in the open, mm-hmm. and. Fitz or whoever else asks questions about what will happen if this happens, and then that thing happens. Yeah. So all of the answers that we got before are going through. Mm-hmm. Um, Fitz asks Ketrickin what would happen if, you know, Rurisk dies. Would you still marry Verity? And she's like, yes, I would call for your death, but yes, I'd go through the wedding, I'm promised. That happens. She forgives him, but, like, the same thing happens. And, now, and then they also said that we would cover up the death. Rurisk says that we wouldn't let the people know that I died by poison. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all, all these other things, they're just kind of happening the way that the answers to the questions were laid out for us early. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a really interesting device in the last few chapters here because we literally have the answer of what's happening in the future, but we don't really know that until you read through it once. Right. And it all happens exactly like they say, and it just shows how assassins or people in the throne can really think through all possibilities and try to avert disasters and how much goes on behind the scene in this world um, with royalty to make sure that things continue to run smoothly, that the people will never know. And I, I don't know. I just find it really fascinating. So they get back to Fitz's room where he was going to wait, but it is completely destroyed. Someone searched through it. And they found the little poison box that he had, the poison kit, and took that. So Fitz can no no longer arm himself with anything. 
Um, do you think that was like Severin's and Roud's last job? Mm, I don't know. Like, do you think like when he went to the um? Well, no, it, it had to happen in between Jean Qui grabbing the shirt mm-hmm. and her finding Fitz and them walking back because she says that I only grabbed a shirt. Mm-hmm. I did not do this. And we don't exactly know when they they're dead already. Severin's and Rout are oh, dead. Oh, they are. Yeah, because one of someone mentions to. Um, Someone mentions to him that they got that they got into the poison and died. Although that could uh, that, I don't know. It doesn't the, say when they get into it. Yeah, was that August who says that? It's Regal who says it in the baths later this chapter. Mm. It's a pity that they got into the Yeah. Um your poison you left for me. So I That's guess true. technically they're probably dying right now. Yeah. Um so could be. they could have been the ones that went and got it. Or um, Regal could have done it himself. True. He could have had August I, do it. He could have said, go look for the poison. We need to prove that he did it when we get back. I don't think... I don't... Personally, there's no evidence for it, but I don't think August did it. Um, I don't really know why. I just don't think that okay. Regal would involve him further. Okay. Um, And 100% I don't think Regal did it himself. He wouldn't dirty himself to that level. <laughs> I don't know. Later on, he says that he doesn't want to be too, like, involved in the case to allay suspicions from him. So He doesn't want to visually, to other people, seem too involved. Right, and him going over there, if anybody notices that. Yeah, but I guess, I don't know. I don't know, I just don't see Regal dirtying himself, stooping to that level. Fair enough, I guess. So it would have to be them, right? Or the Chayurden that gets... That's true. Bribed yeah. later, or not bribed, whatever. He was there, yeah, he was there earlier, <laughs> The, the too. guy who's there. <laughs> yeah. So, who knows? Could have been anybody. The Chiardin who, um, who helps drag Fitz earlier, and mm-hmm. yeah, who's there later. That's true. That's definitely true. Um, so they get back, and uh, Jean-Cui leaves. They kind of clean up a little bit, Eric eats, they try to get some water in fits and, and try to get everything settled down. And they're kind of waiting for Jean Cui to get back. Um, but August comes in instead. Mm-hmm. And he has gotten uh, messages from Verity through the skill. Um, he literally says, I come at the bidding of King and Waiting Verity to speak his words for him. This is his message exactly. And he was going to recite a whole thing and then probably leave, but Fitz interrupts him, um, just asking after Verity and everything like that. And he says very specific words. This is why, this is another reason why I think that August is not involved, is because he literally does exactly what his leaders tell him to a T. That's and fair. Like, like he's fulfilling his role still. I don't know. Um, But he says, he bids you draw strength from those around you loyal to you, for you will need it to face him. And I, it's pretty, um, I I don't understand why August does not draw these conclusions for himself. Right. Um, I don't know. I mean, as far as August knows, 
Fitz is a poisoner trying to ruin things for Regal and the in the six duchies, so Yeah, but he was in he was in the in the skill lessons with Fitz. He knows that Fitz has a rudimentary skill. Uh-huh. And Verity's but, literally like, hey, draw strength from those loyal to you to face me. But Galen <laughs> says that Fitz has no skill mm. and that he isn't talented. He's no aptitude for the skill. And if Galen is saying it, it must be true because we're all in cult Galen that's, drinking the Kool-Aid. That's so. true. That's true. So how could he possibly pull on strength from mm. anybody if he doesn't have the skill to begin with? Interesting. Yeah. I know. Um, He's in a cult. Uh, he also um, says that Regal is calling for him and then also has a message for Burek. Um, and it says, uh, well, Burek says, if your ignorance were not protecting you, August, I might dispel it. Yeah. <laughs> Burek stood looking dangerous. That's a pretty badass line. Right. Not gonna lie. Well, I mean, before that, he's being all sassy. True. Talking about how how, how tragic for Regal and un trained valet like he really just doesn't care right now he's like fight me about it august <laughs> like <laughs> the, august does mention here by the way um and your cowardly poison no doubt meant for regal has found poor severance and Roud. so it, it was august it, it was no it must have been severance and Roud. no who did i mean this. That oh, said august it. Who yeah, yeah. I was wrong. it must have been severance and Roud. so if it like just happened recently ish like, they must yeah. have done it and like, oh, you found the box. Celebration. Here's some wine. Drink uh -huh. up. Also, we don't know how long they were gone because yeah. Fitz had to be maneuvered by two people. Yeah. So, I mean, it could have taken them hour, hours. Could have been, yeah. Know. So it so. must have been Severance and Roud. Yeah. And they died recently. Um, but yeah, after Beric is uh, all sassy and, and threatens August... Um, basically saying if, you know, <laughs> if you weren't ignorant to the plot and everything that was going around, if Fitz hadn't vouched for you, basically, yeah, I would beat you to a pulp right now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel like he would give August a chance to, like, listen to what he... I think he would say some more mean things that, like, unveil the truth. Um, That's true, and yeah. And give him a chance he's to saying, be less like, of a jerk. But, he would, like... <laughs> he would dispel... The ignorance about right. the plot if it wasn't saving your life but also maybe he's so angry because of how terrible august is being to fitz and i mean to be fair to august he does think fitz murdered people like multiple Liter people well, tried to did. kill his prince betrayed tried to kill or did kill the king in waiting's soon to be brother-in-law like mm -hmm. the two servants around yeah. and a lot of like a big yeah. attack on the royal also family calm. basically so yeah so like i get it but also this might be one of the few times burek is privy to how fitz is treated yeah based that's off true. of him being a bastard even if this is a little bit more exaggerated than normal because of the circumstances but like if you were a parent and your kid was being treated like this and you know your kid's innocent and hasn't done anything wrong it would probably make you a little bristly. Like, <laughs> I just, I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know if Birk thinks that Fitz has done nothing wrong. That's fair. He <laughs> In knows. In a couple areas. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I mean, for all intents and purposes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so 
Uh, August has a message from Verity to Birk as well. King-in-waiting Verity is not unaware of how you attempted to help the bastard escape, serving him as if he were your king instead of Verity. You will be judged. Did Verity say so? Birk asked curiously. He did. He said you were once the best of king's men to chivalry, but apparently you had forgotten how to aid those who truly serve the king. Recall it, he bids you, and assures you of his great wrath if you do not return to stand before him and receive what your deeds merit. Basically saying, like, help him out, but come back to me, please, alive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like yeah, I'm going to be angry if you die in this. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's uh, referencing, you know, again, that Burek was literal king's man, as we learned earlier in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, another great device of writing brings something up earlier, like the old words for drawing strength from someone were king's man. Mm-hmm. And that Burek was that. And then reminded in the climax of the book that this is potential. We can possibly do this. Um, and they try. Well, first, Burek agrees to bring Fitz to Regal, right. um, and August says now, and get, and Burek is like, as soon as he's eaten, and August is not happy with that answer, um, but he leaves anyway, but as he leaves, it says, screens cannot be effectively slammed, but he tried. And I just imagine, you know, when you have a sliding door and you try to like close it really fast and get stuck and then you're like trying to push it forward and it's like still stuck and you're like getting more and more mad and then finally you get it closed and you're like, huh, (laughs) that's the mental image I have. (laughs) Or one of those doors that like another mental image would be another one of those doors that slows itself before it closes so it never slams. (laughs) So you like try to swing it and it just kind of like stops and then slowly, gently drifts into the frame. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> I just thought that was a very funny image, so I wanted to make sure we talked about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Birk's like, well, I got that message, did you? And they try... Fitz tries to draw strength from Birk and reach out to Verity, but um, it doesn't work. One, because Fitz probably can't really skill right now, and two, because Birk has walls around him, and no one can reach him. Except chivalry, because chivalry would be able to find the word or like would know the word to bring down his walls, but that cannot happen. Right. Um, I mean, it must have been a really special bond between the two of them because he specifically says when talking about it to Fitz, I have strength and there were some few times that he needed it, meaning chivalry, in worse circumstances, and I gave it willingly. So I have withstood this before. Try, boy. If we fail, we fail, but at least we will have tried. So many times in worse circumstances than what they're in, which feel pretty bad, um, he helped willingly give his strength to chivalry. He was a true king's man. Yeah. And we know there has to be a very strong bond for this to work properly, too. So He even says it. um, Chivalry gave me to understand that for such a taking, it was not as important as the friendship between us. Um, Meaning that he had no skill himself, but that wasn't as important as the bond that the two shared. Yeah. What do you think the word is that closes? Do you think it's like... (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know if it's like an exact just single word either. 
Well, I, I think it is. Is it? Is I'm it pretty sure like that's how phrase? it works. That's it's like a phrase how or a it works word. for shine later. Mm, true. So, I don't know. I know. Some inside joke. Probably something really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It just makes me wonder all the time. I'm like, I wonder if it's like really, really simple. Like if it's really tried, like once he found out and like brute force and broke it down yeah. and yeah, I don't know. But I guess he doesn't learn till it's too late that that's what happened. So yeah. After they get the skill scrolls, after Birk passes away. Yeah. Sad stuff. Well, anyway. But uh, yeah, they try. It doesn't really work um, at all because I'm sure Fitz's walls are up too high. He's had another attempt on his life, and mm-hmm. the last time that happened, he wasn't able to skill for for a long time after there, either right. accidentally or on purpose. Right. Um, his body's just in self-preservation mode, basically. Mm-hmm. And... And I mean, even, even if he could open himself up, nothing's going to happen, which right. they don't know. Right, but. they don't know. But um, I mean, if if he was able to open himself up, he wouldn't need the strength from Beric to reach Verity. True. Um, but yeah, that's unfortunately it, he's blocked off and he has too high of walls and wasn't trained enough to be able to let him drop. Yeah. Um, but we get a little knowledge bomb after Fitz kind of jokes around um and says that uh he talks to the fool sometimes the fool talks to him sometimes Beric talks yeah. to the fool <laughs> yeah after fitz is joking around Beric drops the knowledge which is interesting what what why do you think that happens what do you think he talks to him about um well probably little things to help nudge fitz in the right direction um and keep fitz safe yeah i think it's Talking to Beric just to get him, not directly about Fitz, but to, because the fool doesn't work like that. But no. I think the fool like, knows that he's important hey, to the plots. Yeah, like, hey, maybe that mare that Fitz is supposed to ride tomorrow is pretty sick and you should pick a different one. Or like something like that, you know, like yeah. little things that are like. And also maybe he just talks about benign things that have no meaning to the trail of time and the circle that is life. <laughs> I somehow doubt that. That's fair. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think I think he would just make little comments, one to associate himself so he's comfortable around Beric. Because I think with the futures that the fool sees, he sees Beric is with Fitz, right, and helping him. So I think he wants to lead him in that direction towards creating Saving that bond Fitz, again. Yeah, that's fair. And I mean. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Birk is scary to him, <laughs> so he has to get used to him in some way. But also, if he helps Fitz, he knows Birk can't be that bad. So right. And it seems like the fool only talks to people who either are important or are decent people. He seems to have a very good judge of character. Yeah. So yeah, that helps when you can kind of see. <laughs> You know, what actions surround them in the future. (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) Could properly judge people. Um, But uh, Fitz makes an assumption that Regal wants him there and is summoning him there to bargain. Um, There can be nothing else. And if he wants to bargain, we may be able to gain something. 
Spirit comes back with the wisdom of the ages here. Mm. You speak as if Regal follows the same rules of common sense as the rest of us. I've never known him to do that, and I've always hated court intrigue. I'd rather clean stalls. Yeah. You never know how somebody measures things. Don't assume that they measure the wheat by the same bushels you do or whatever the fool said. It's yeah, that's where it like comes back in right here. It's is making this assumption and and that's the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like um but real really doesn't follow any rules of common sense and No, he follows would, what his mother told him and right. she was crazy. <laughs> right. And you would think Fitz would get that by now after almost dying twice already today. <laughs> right. <laughs> but he's like, "No, I think I think he's going to bargain with us. <laughs> it's very optimistic of you, Fitz. Um, so they, they head out towards the hot springs. Um, I also wonder, though, we know that Fitz as a catalyst has a lot of points in his life where he could die and that li- life is kind of trying to kill him. Yeah. And like, that's just how it is for a catalyst, I guess. Or that's what it seems to be oh, from yeah, my reading. Well, for, for him specifically, not mm-hmm. all catalysts, I don't think. Right. Because his life means more opportunity. And so a lot of things. Cause he wasn't supposed to be alive. Right. So I wonder if like part of him is drawn towards these events that kill him or are supposed to kill him. Like, not on a conscious level, but like subconsciously, he makes bad decisions when it comes to areas where he could be dying because his path wants him to go there so badly to like fix the fact that he's even alive. Like the world is trying to fix the balance. Um, That's a really interesting thought. But I mean, maybe not. Maybe he's just that dumb sometimes. <laughs> But I I feel like because he continuously goes into these situations where we previously see him make such smart decisions, and then he keeps going to these areas where he could potentially die, and he usually almost dies in almost all these situations. So I'm just wondering if that's part of fate and this, and that's why the fool is so scared, because it's really hard to get the path <laughs> on the right path after so many years of the wrong path being yeah. dug in. So I don't that's, know. that's a really interesting thought and it would be a cool like world thing that, you know, the, the universe is trying to stay in that rut, like how the <laughs> fool describes it as like a wheel going down a path and this is the rock that sets it off out <laughs> of the path and onto a different one. I hesitate to fully subscribe to that theory because Mm -hmm. I feel like it takes some of the agency and trauma-based choices away from Fitz. He's gone through a lot in his life, and I feel like some a lot of his decision making is based on like his rash rash decisions to correct something to to try to fix something and and i don't know so i feel like a mixture of the two would be acceptable but like fully having the world like hey this kid just needs to die is a little bit too much and takes away too much agency for my feelings i don't know that's fair 
I don't know. I just see it as like the world wants to write the balances, yeah. even if it's been unbalanced for so long, because that's the new balance. And like, it's not necessarily that I think that it's taking agency away because we know that everyone is on a path um, and right. that anything can change that. You can easily change people's paths, but sometimes it's harder than others to change a path. And yeah. so I don't know. I, I just in my head, it's like a residual of you shouldn't be here. And it's fits just having to constantly fight that destiny. So I don't know. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, and it is kind of something that we know. I don't know if I'm I'm putting more thoughts into um, what you're presenting, or like putting more on the world than what you're you're thinking. But um, it's an interesting, like, philosophical thing. Like, if he wasn't supposed to be alive, or how hard is it trying to? How hard is like destiny trying to fix that, or? Or whatever. I don't know. It's. Uh, I'll be interested to get more into the conversations, the rare conversations with the fool when he talks about the paths of the future. Yeah. And see, and look back on this conversation. We'll have to see. Yeah, definitely. Because um, I definitely think like that is the case where you know since he wasn't supposed to be alive, and it is hard to change some major futures. Some of them are almost completely set in stone except for this one slim chance mm-hmm. but I feel like Fitz makes the decisions himself to get into that slim opportunity I don't know right well I don't know I think he wills himself out of and he always finds the slim right uh, possibility of living um, regardless of what life is throwing at him and I don't know I think it makes him more powerful as a catalyst to be able to continuously be drawn towards these dreadful events <laughs> and continue to come out. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, so they uh, head towards the uh, hot springs, the baths, and to Regal. Um, we get a little mention that Nosy drooped along behind us as Beric guided him. And outside of them, a Chiarda stood and guarding, basically guarding the door. Um, Fitz recognizes him as the torchbearer from the night before. So the guy who was leading them to the stables to drop Fitz's body, his bound body, after he got poisoned and after Rusk died. Mm-hmm. He was kind of stone-faced. He didn't show anything odd about Fitz's reappearance. Almost as if he was expecting that. <laughs> Maybe. Um, and they... Enter. He steps aside, and uh, Beric and Fitz enter. And I, one thing I want to bring up here is, where's Nosy? Like at the end of this chapter, we we get him sinking into blackness in the water, mm-hmm. and at the end of the next chapter, we get a mention that Nosy is the one who dragged him, dragged him from that pool of water. But I don't see any mention of Nosy between he drooped along behind us, leaving Fitz's tent to the hot springs, and Nosy passing away after he dragged me out of the water. So were, did he follow them into the baths? And if so, like, couldn't he give any, you know, notice or there's no line of him barking or something? Do you see any notice, like, mention of him anywhere? Um... 
I'm just wondering if it's just like Robin Hobb ignored Nosy because he wasn't technically important and in that scene and she didn't want to draw attention to the fact that he dragged Fitz out later to give more emotional impact. Well, I'm not really sure. Or was he waiting outside of the door and when the cheered and Torchbearer followed them in, um, he kind of slipped in behind or like left. He kind of slipped in behind. I want I feel like if he was there when Bjork was getting attacked, he probably would have done something. Yeah. But I know before this, it says that he keeps like laying down to sleep. Yeah, um, that's true. It's wishes that he could escape his pains by sleeping um, while watching Nosy. So I wonder if he like because he's lived most of his life here knows what the steams are and so waits outside and just kind of goes to sleep while yeah. he waits because. I mean, I'm sure he, like, understands people go in there for a long time and then come out. Right. And so I I wonder if it was more so he follows them, he sees they're going into the bathhouse and just kind of, like, lays down and waits. And then whenever he feels the connection with Fitz where he's dying, that's when he realizes something is wrong. Yeah. Because they don't have a... sense. They're not bonded and they don't have a strong bond. So when Fitz is being attacked and really angry he wouldn't necessarily know but whenever Fitz is flinging himself out really wide it makes more sense that he would like realize Fitz was in trouble so it's kind of what I was thinking too but yeah. um yeah it doesn't really say anything so it's a good thought and good reasoning too behind it yeah um I just kind of figured that Robin Hood kind of left him out just for <laughs> more impact yeah later. which also could be the case maybe I'm just well, you that's know, a, I mean, it's a it. great in-canon reason for that <laughs> happening, so I... You're welcome, Robin. I, yeah. <laughs> I did this for you. <laughs> that's actually what happened in my head now, so... <laughs> um, I do just want to say before we get to what happens in the steam rooms, um, Fitz says something really interesting. Um, he says, Neither my breath nor the beating of my heart was predictable. I longed to be still, where I could listen to my own body and decide what had been done to it. And with this wording, do you think that is some form of wit or skill of going inside himself and knowing what's wrong? Or do you think that's just me looking too far into this? (laughs) I didn't really look into it that far. I thought it was just kind of like a figure of speech and he knows anatomy very well from Jade. Right. And knows effects of poisons and and herbs and things like that. And I think that everything has happened so fast that he doesn't know if he's going to be strong again. He he had that wondering, like, am I going to be crippled for life at the beginning of this chapter? And I think it's just a little reflection based on that again Mm -hmm. of like, I need to be alone for a while still to see what I'm capable of if I can still do things. That's what I got out of it. Interesting. Okay. Well, they go in. And Regal is just pleasantly taking a nice little bath before the wedding, you know. Um, Again, bathing when Fitz comes to find him. <laughs> right. And he's the only one in there. They are alone. Um, and he kind of just explains that, yeah, you know, Ketrakin, you know, forgave you with the kin laws, but... Uh, she doesn't realize that you're actually not really kin because you had illegitimate births, which didn't count. 
Right. He specifically says she fails to understand you were not born of a lawful union and hence have no kin rights at all. Um, excuse me, sir. Why does your brother get any rights to be your family or help you in any way? He is also unlawfully born. So that just doesn't matter. That's why Regal is stepping into being king and Galen is just helping. Right. But still, like... But he, but Galen is more regal than Fitz ever would be too, because it's his mother's blood. Because it's his mother's blood. <laughs> I hate it. It just makes me so angry. Like he, Fitz has no kin rights, but Galen does. Okay, Emma, you gotta stop looking for logic in Regal's you know? <laughs> speeches okay. here. His monologues are beautiful. Just don't <laughs> look for logic. He doesn't use common sense like the rest of us. <laughs> But uh, he asks a couple times to send Birik away. Like, won't you send Birik away? Won't you, like, leave him alone or whatever? Like, send him out of here. Do you think he would have hurt Birik either way? And this was just him messing with Fitz? Or do you think he was, like, kind of open to the opportunity of having Birik take care of the horses, but... Galen wanted. Galen said, "Like, leave him alone. I'll kill him when I get back. In fact, I'll take pleasure in that. So I think he was, if he actually got sent away... Right. Then he gets to live until he, yeah he gets to for live until a couple more days yeah. Ooh. But also the Cheerden could have just been waiting for him to turn around and leave, and then all of a sudden, bonk bonk. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, my thoughts. <laughs> um. So the Cheerden has followed them in there, and he clubs Beric over the head because fear. Fitz does not want to send Birik away. Mm-hmm. And all of the noise and the steam and, and Fitz, you know, being poisoned and everything cannot detect him. Mm-hmm. Birik can't either? Question mark? I know. I don't know. Very odd. He does have very strong walls in that and has been blocking himself out from the wit consciously for yeah. years, decades. <laughs> uh, so I think that it's just like an unconscious reflex at this point to not use it. That's fair. And also it kind of seems like Beric is too trusting. Especially throughout this chapter he seems to trust a lot of people. He lets his guard down pretty easily. As soon as he feels like he can understand where they're coming from, he just is like, okay. I mean, also because Regal is taking a bath in a very you know, vulnerable position and there, and Beric is you know, a tall, strong man. (laughs) Who doesn't let no gimp leg bother him? <laughs> True. You know? Um, but he's supporting Fitz, and if he wasn't, he'd be able to avoid the blow, but instead, mm-hmm. he gets hit incredibly hard. Huh. Um, and it is actually a miracle that he lives through that later. Yep. Um, the Cheerden just kind of says, yeah. He's dead after Regal asks and then leaves. <laughs> yeah, he just touches him with his foot and is like, looks dead to me. I'm sorry, are you not going to check it? I mean, I'm glad that that's all he did because I don't want Bjerg to die. But like, also, it, Regal's not like wanting to triple check that somebody's dead. I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Well, okay. First of all, I don't think the Chayard and actually cared whether or not Rurisk was dead. That was more of a paid-off thing. 
I think that's just what Regal said because when Regal says that he loved his prince very much or whatever, um, right before that, John Quee tells us that they've kept it a secret and that nobody knows that he's dead and they don't announce that he's dead until the wedding. Yeah, when but Regal says, would say that. Well, sure, Regal could say that, but he could say a lot of things that aren't true, and I feel like that was just the thing that he's saying to like. But I mean, also, like, it's and Birik both have knowledge that the mountain people can't be bought so i don't think he was like bribed they can't be bought it's not like a for sure Mm. they hadn't tried i take that at pretty much face value but also like fitz is pretty young and not very influential if the could be soon prince of a foreign country is asking for your help yeah and offering you a substantial reward like i don't know but also if you do think that he isn't paid off and he really just cares about Rurisk that much, that he isn't going to tell anybody else that Rurisk was poisoned afterwards to, like, cause a fuss and, like, also go after Fitz when he realizes Fitz is still alive, then... You know, Regal didn't have him killed. That's true. But I'm just saying, like, if you believe that it is just about his prince, like... Also, Bjork pretty obviously was alive, and he didn't do a very thorough check to see and didn't say anything when he wasn't dead. You know, like, he just... I don't know. And also, all Regal had to do is say that Bjork helped. This guy doesn't know. And if he's going to believe just anything Regal says at face value, Regal could say anything about Bjork, and then, of course, Bjork would be a traitor. So, Regal... When finding out, supposedly Burek's dead with no second checking or even a thorough check the first time, is briefly pleased. The cheering which... got his uh, his revenge, and he's he's outie. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Which do you think that's why he doesn't carefully check? Because his beef isn't with Burek. Like he doesn't want to. Yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't care if this guy's dead. It's all about the other one. And Burek is just an obstacle to Fitz dying, basically. Yeah. So. But Regal dismisses him because he has to big boy talk now with Fitz. And he can't (laughs) let anybody else hear that. He has to monologue. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He almost caught me monologuing. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, uh, Fitz's first thought after this is, A cold purpose rose and set in me. I could not hope to live now, but it did not seem important. Warning Verity did. And avenging Beric. His first thought is still warning verity right warning the king even like when he skills out later he first mm-hmm. tries the king yeah it's not for his own life really because he's like oh that's that's given up he's just ready to admit like i guess i'm dead now so <laughs> what I, can like, i do with the the last few minutes of my life that's you must insane. still have like feelings left over from the galen compulsion basically i know verity got rid of it mm-hmm. the hazing and everything but i there has to be some leftover lasting effects, lasting effects from kill yourself basically right. well i think the hazing that was done to him just magnified the voice in his head it wasn't necessarily yeah. not there to begin with it just he, allowed him to fill in all the memories that he was inadequate and, mm-hmm. and he did that mostly with the fact that he isn't born Right. To, like in wedlock so i'm sure the feelings of his life being worthless came from a very real place to begin with and that 
that just was amplified and that even though the like it's gone the magical reason that he is feeling it so strongly is gone he's still struggling with that and especially knowing that his king basically gave him up to be murdered here knowing full well that there's a good chance he wouldn't come back and that allows Fitz to be like okay i'm i'm dead help verity at least and in his what he thinks are his dying moments he takes chade's counsel yeah and decides that chade would advise him to keep regal talking get him buy yourself more time and see what you can do with that maybe something will happen more time creates more opportunities someone could come in someone could get worried that regal wasn't there on time and check the baths Mm -hmm. like anything and he tries to talk but uh regal kind of cuts him off and just continues on this monologue basically like we said the princess did not forgive Burek, only you. What I have done to him is well within my rights. He is a traitor. He must pay. And the man disposing of him was most fond of his prince, Rurisk. He has no objections to any of this. And the Chirita kind of, like, doesn't say anything back to that. He just leaves. Mm-hmm. And then Regal continues on with his, uh, with his monologue here and asks Fitz, Aren't you going to call for help? He asked brightly. He's a villain. I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> I hate him. But like, again, the beauty of the drama. Yeah. I respect it. Don't like it. <laughs> I respect <laughs> the art. <laughs> I hate the player, not the game. <laughs> um, and he kind of lays out his whole plan that Oh yeah. So sad. You slipped and and drowned in the pool when you tried to go to the baths by yourself. I had left earlier, of course, and I'm going to reprimand August for not bringing you directly to me. And Fitz is like, how many bodies are you going to leave in your wake? People are going to notice. And he's like, there are people of no consequence, so I don't care. Which, like, really goes to show the family resemblance there. Galen has that reputation, too, of not caring about people less than him. So does Shrewd. I mean, a little bit, but he still cares of the opinions of the people. Yeah, but this is, like, the more callous version of Shrewd. That's true. This is Shrewd if Shrewd, like, didn't care if he had a bad reputation, which he kind of doesn't most of the time. Or didn't care about the kingdom at all. Yeah, only cared about himself. He also thinks that it doesn't matter who dies if they're of little enough consequence. And if they're not, then we'll just make them of little enough consequences. Everyone's a chess piece. And Regal takes that to an extreme. It's definitely running in the family. (laughs) Which is interesting because it doesn't seem like chivalry or verity feel that way about people. But in this, I see Regal as shrewd son. Yeah. That's fair. I see I see him more as his mother's son in this moment mm. with some smatterings of Shrewd that you brought up there, but cuz I I don't see Shrewd having like a ton of influence over how Regal became a person. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's I very mean... he's very diplomatic and manipulative and tactful. Mm-hmm. Um and that he got from Shrewd 100%, but manipulative right. also from his mother. <laughs> right. Um but I still think, like, deep down, Shrewd really does care about the kingdom and the people in it. Right. Like, everything he's doing is for the well-being of the kingdom. Right. 
So I just don't see that attitude fully. I don't know. Going over. I mean, yeah, I think it's a more extreme version, like I said, but I still think it stems from how he's seen Shrewd interact with people. And especially, Eagle doesn't seem like the smartest person. Like, he's not the brightest bulb in the box. And I mean, he's smarter than I think I like to give him credit for, but I think he doesn't have. No. And I don't think he has the people skills to understand the reasoning behind his father's motives of moving people like chess pieces. I think he watched his father his whole life use people as chess pieces and took that to mean people are insignificant. I'm royalty. They're my tools. Because he's not thinking about the bigger picture. He's not thinking of the game board. He's only thinking about the pieces that are being discarded. And so I think in that way it's definitely something he picked up from Shrewd, but he doesn't have the emotional depth to be right. able to use it a little bit nicer. I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's a really good thought. I like that analysis. Um, but also, yeah, Regal is smart and he can make ruthless deci- decisions and come up with good plans. But also Galen is like the head of this plot. Yep. Then the pale lady is the head of like the rest of it. Mm-hmm. So Regal is, operating within his own little thing like i'm the most important person and i'm using these other people but they're the ones like directing his actions yeah i don't know he's i don't know i feel like he could be a good leader he could be an interesting person if he was the opposite of everything he is yeah he was a little (laughs) less evil yeah but i mean like sometimes ruthlessness is needed in leadership 100 sometimes you have to make the call that doesn't make everybody happy because it's for the greater good. And if he was doing things for the greater good, perfect. But he, I mean, to be honest, killing Rurisk, not a bad idea. Horrible. Rurisk is a great yeah. person yeah, and definitely. definitely could be useful alive. But also making that call isn't necessarily a bad one in the grand scheme. And in that way, I think he's a good leader. But also, did he think of that? idea himself maybe not is he smart he thinks he's so smart and (laughs) the smartest person ever so much so that he doesn't realize that other people are in charge of him but i don't know i think his personality does lend him to be a little bit more gullible in that all you have to do is really like flatter him and make him think it's his idea that's exactly what i was thinking too just butter him up a little bit and mm -hmm. he'll go along with whatever you suggest presenting it as his idea Mm -hmm. basically like you said fitz is awful and i mean wouldn't it be nice if he was gone in this way but of course (laughs) i mean yep um but uh yeah regal is just kind of gloating and i love this line right here that he says um (laughs) and to your second well the same how much fuss do you think anyone will raise over a dead stableman? You are so obsessed with your plebeian self-importance that you extend it to your servants. I think it's a great villain line. <laughs> um, but uh, Fitz is dumped on top of Birk's body, and Birk is living, and Fitz realizes that. And Fitz kind of shifts his mindset. He's like, yeah, I, I need to warn Verity, but like, I want to save Birk as well. Yeah. If I survive, Birk might have a chance also. And then he says the the maxim that 
Yu lives by that his mother taught him. Ruthlessness creates its own rules. People are intimidated by a man who acts with no apparent regard for consequences. And that's literally Fool's quote that you brought up before. That's mm-hmm. like, no one else really lives by this except Regal. So you can't really measure anything that he's going to do by assumptions that you've learned in the past. Because yeah. Regal will just make up his own yeah. action and take that path. He lives by his own set of rules. Yeah. Which seems to be working out pretty decently for him. Yeah, so so I guess. Yeah. But that is something that his mother taught him. And so I wonder, is Regal such a puppet because that's what his mother trained him to become? And without Regal even noticing, because she, I mean, I don't think she planned on dying when she did. Oh, no. So do you think she trained him to be a puppet so she could be the ruler whenever he took over? Yes, 100%. She's pretty much a figure of worship to Regal and Galen. Mm-hmm. Like he wanted to kill Lady Time so bad because Lady Time he was convinced that Lady Time killed his mother and like yeah. I But I also know. how why is Galen not incapable without his mother? How is he smart enough to and still willing to bring Regal up to king? I don't think that she had as much of a direct influence on him after uh, Regal was born because she would have like give oh I have a actual legitimate son now and would have stopped kind of direct him so he had opportunity to grow and learn more of his own mm-hmm. and also the skill training the way that Solicity would do it would you know help you think critically with like the stone game true. So I think, like, he got a little bit more training in being able to critically think than Regal did. That's fair. And he just is blindly loyal because family and probably much like I mean, he abuses people, he was abused yeah. into Still grew up into that family. Like. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, and he Regal's basically saying, like, your death will be eclipsed by, you know, other things. No one's really going to notice that you're dead. Yeah, it's fine. Which also is interesting. It's interesting that he like is getting on fits about how you're so self-obsessed with your plebeian life, you little pleb. Uh, (laughs) Is that not what he's doing? Like, he just can't realize that he's also. Oh, yeah, it's ironic. Blinded. Like, Like, you don't think you're thinking a little bit too much of yourself that your brother isn't going to know. Well, I guess he thinks his brother's going to die. Yeah. And I guess Shrewd hasn't necessarily given Fitz a positive, like, maybe he isn't thinking too much of himself. I don't know. (laughs) Changed my mind. So Fitz is fighting for his life at this point. Yep. He is fighting Regal and Regal is undressing him very methodically while he's giving this speech. Um, He's even folding the clothes that Fitz is wearing, which I wanted to point out because I was shocked he knew how. <laughs> well, he has no valet right now. He needs to right. well, get used I mean, to that. <laughs> right. But I didn't know he would even know how to fold a shirt nicely because it does say it doesn't say it was a sloppy fold. It says he nicely folded my shirt. So like, I, d- I don't know. I think that's like an interesting 
skill that he has. Um, <laughs> Congratulations, Regal. You can do some basic things, too. Basic, basic chores. Um, but then it does say that he's out of breath just trying to get the shirt off of Fitz. Fitz is fighting him the whole time. And even with Fitz, like, tired and stuff, you'd be exhausted trying to, like, remove something or, like, take something away from someone who's fighting you. So True. I don't know. And Regal is not very active. True, but it does say that Fitz is surprised with Oh yeah. how... True. Yeah. I think that also comes down to... Um, Regal literally has, what, like, 10 years on him and is in the prime of his life versus Fitz just kind of getting through puberty and not into, like, full-on strength training. And also, he is poisoned <laughs> and, like, that, yeah. almost dead. True. But Regal, uh, yeah, he, he folds those clothes so to make it look like Fitz would have accidentally slipped and drowned himself to give him that alibi. And he goes through his whole paragraph of like, yeah, minimal alibis will work. I don't want to make myself look like I'm denying that whole thing too hard. But also, like, you know, I want to have that alibi of I wasn't here. Right. Which, honestly, pretty decent reasoning. Like, if I don't put too much effort in trying to look guiltless, nobody's going to think too hard about it. Because if I'm not that worried... Why would I be guilty? Right. Which also, is he a sociopath? Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't really care he's killing somebody. Multiple people. Quite possibly a sociopath. We are not psychiatrists in any way. Right. And I would never diagnose a real person in real life. But seeing as this is a book character (laughs) and a villain who's literally murdering people. Sociopath? (laughs) I I feel pretty safe. Strong possibility. (laughs) So he goes through that whole thing and just shoves Fitz in. Yeah. And Fitz is like really clutching at his throat. Probably not well because we know he can't use his hands very well yet. Yeah. But oh boy, do I wish he could have at least left a mark. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Goodbye, bastard, he said calmly. Pardon my haste, but you've quite delayed me and I must rest to dress myself or I shall be late for the wedding and he tumbled me in and Fitz is struggling he he can't really work his arms and legs the hot water is loosening his muscles that were already you know loose and not working so he really can't do much at the moment he's crying for Birik even though he knows Birik can't help him and he lets go. He, he says, uh, my strength was flowing out of me, lassitude flowing in, so warm, so deep. Drowned like a puppy, I thought to myself, as I felt the darkness closing. Boy, someone queried, but all was black. And what he's been doing up until this point is bouncing off the ground of this deep pit. Taller than him. It's supposed to be deeper than he is tall, shoulder yeah. height on a tall chirud. Chirudin man. I cannot say that word for the life of me. And which I assume is like 6'4 in my mind. And Fitz is a teenage boy who hasn't quite grown fully yet. Or maybe and, he has. They're short in the And doesn't have duchies. chivalry's height, right? Right. Yes. At least at this point. Yeah. Um, so I imagine him being like 5'6 at this point. And like 
he's really struggling. He's hitting the walls. He's jumping up, taking big breaths and going back down. And he can't even find the floor anymore. He's just, well, this is it. At least it's warm. And the phrase drowned like a puppy, I think, is what calls nosy to attention. Um, because that's who Query's boy right. in his mind um, he's kind of flinging himself outward. He has those those panic thoughts and associating himself with the memories of being puppies together and right. children together. It, I think that gets through to nosy, and yeah, that's what brings that him in. feeling. Yep. It's really interesting um, how this is written because drowning is like a really scary thing, and it's real like really stressful. Um, I was a lifeguard at one point in life, uh, so I had to learn a lot about drowning. Uh, And your body basically goes into survival mode for about 30 seconds. It when you you thrash and you thrash um, and after that and you've wasted all your energy, your body and you can no longer breathe. Your body instinctively sucks in water. You like cannot you just your brain can't stop you from doing it anymore because you your brain is just saying breathe 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 so at this point he probably is sucking in water i mean if this is anywhere like real life when you're drowning um and yeah it's not fun (laughs) you don't have a very long amount of time between when you start breathing in water um and when you're brain dead it's a very short amount of time. Yeah, I think this whole thing, he's in that 30 seconds of struggling still. Like, yeah. he, he takes a couple deep breaths, but since yeah. Regal kicked him in the side earlier, yeah. his ribs are probably rebroken. He can't right. really take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. And you, you do freak out. And I mean, when I say the 30 seconds of freaking out, right. that's after you've run out of air. You can no, like you don't have anything left in reserve. Your brain is thinking, I need to breathe. Before you automatically breathe, you have 30 seconds of fight. And then you have and automatic yeah. breathing. That's what I think that he's going through right here, because right near mm-hmm. the end of that, strength was going from me. Somewhere I was drowning. My body was failing. My thread to it, tenuous. One last chance. Yeah. And he skills out. He first tries shrewd, like I said. Um, but my king was intent upon other things. He was closed and walled to me, no matter how I stormed around him. No help there. And his one last chance is Verity. Mm-hmm. So he he tries and, and reaches towards Verity. Um, this section is really interesting to me. It is, The way yeah. it's worded. Um, I found him, flailed at him, but could find no purchase, no grip. He was elsewhere, open to someone else, close to me. Verity, I wailed, drowning in despair. And suddenly it was as if strong hands gripped mine, and I scrabbled up a slippery cliff, gripped and held tight, and drew me in where I would have slipped away. So, there's this imagery of drowning, Mm -hmm. even in this reach for Verity, until he feels a, a strong hand grip his and himself scrabbling up a slippery cliff. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this is when Nosy pulled him off? Or pulled him out? That could definitely be 
True, yeah, it could have happened at the same time. Because we know that Nosy grabs him by the hand to pull him up, and he could still be so into skilling. He doesn't notice. He, yeah. his, his mind is flat, his body basically. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense that it happens now because... Like How if he else does, is he alive? <laughs> yeah. If he does suck in water, he he would be brain dead. Yeah. Right? After like, thirty seconds, you're like every second after the first thirty seconds. Yeah. Um, is like years off of your life, brain dead wise. Like you just, yeah. it damages your brain significantly after that. That's so. a that's a great connection there, and uh, it probably is because it's the. Uh, I mean, it probably happens at the same exact time because Verity kind of reaches out in the Skill River and sees him scrabbling against his walls because mm-hmm. Verity's occupied with Galen and August. Right. And which also, how impressive that he has three people in his mind and is able well, to. He's August wouldn't be in his mind. He'd be true. reaching to, to right. August. But like, but still connections. Like three with connections. Three. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, that just seems really intense and like. Yeah, I don't know. Insane to me. Um, and one of the things I do want to bring up before we get into his conversations with Verity mm-hmm. is that um, it feels like this is literally the end. I am dead here. This is my only chance. I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Nothing left to protect. So drop the walls and see if there is one last service you can render your king. No use fighting to stay alive inside my body. So subconsciously, he realizes that he's fighting every second of the day that he is awake and like walking in the world to keep his walls up. Mm-hmm. And when he's dying, he finally realizes that and is just like, okay, no reason to protect anything because I'm going to die, so yeah. might as well. There's nothing here left to protect. Yeah. And Verity latches onto him, sees him. Yeah. And he mistakes him for chivalry. Um, and then realizes it can't be chivalry. Yeah. Um, it's the boy. Fitz? And Galen comes in and tries to tell him he's imagining things. There's no one there. Attend to what we do now. Galen, calm and insidious as poison as he pushed me aside. I could not withstand him. He was too strong. Fitz? Verity? Unsure now as I grew weaker. I do want to say right here that um, Galen was too strong for Fitz, mm-hmm. which um, makes sense later in this uh, couple paragraphs here, like maybe like the next line <laughs> <laughs> where he grows a lot stronger. Something gives way and he gets a lot stronger. I don't know how the skill works and, and what happened to Fitz, but obviously something is blocking him and even though he's able to skill, his walls are still protecting him, even though he thinks he's, you know, mm-hmm. opened up himself. I don't know. Yeah, well, because Galen's there, and Galen's scary, and so I'm sure on some subconscious level he's clamming up. Right, yeah. And I think, you know, you would. He's trying to kill you. He has tried to kill you in the past. He's You're, PTSD. Yeah. Um. But I also was wondering if this was a little bit of Galen skilling at Verity that Fitz wasn't there. Hmm. Like, nothing to see here, Jedi mind trick. (laughs) (laughs) It could be, yeah. Because Verity is, asks again, Fitz? Unsure now as I grew weaker. So it could be. Because we know Galen isn't as good as um, Verity. 
and chivalry at putting ideas in people's head that he's not as strong. But if he's feeding off of the skill, he, he did from, have more solicity training as well, so yes. he could be more subtle. True, but also Verity could fight him maybe on some level. Yeah. So maybe that's yeah. why he's still kind of like, well, maybe he's mm-hmm. there. Um, yeah, but. This is the interesting part to me, right? So, from I knew not where I found strength. Something gave way before me and I was strong. I clung to Verity like a hawk on his wrist. I was there with him. I saw with Verity's eyes. Seeing through other people's eyes is typically how he describes going into an animal. That's true. So I wonder if this is a mixing of his wit with the skill. Maybe his strength is coming from Nosy. Nosy is lending some type of strength and he is feeding off of that to help him. And that's why we have this animalistic gripping like a hawk and looking through his eyes. And I know that there's definitely skill being used here, but we also know that he uses his wit and skill in a way that nobody else really does. Yeah. And so I wonder if he's tapping into that part of the human that is wit and using that to get his stronghold and doing things in his own way. It does say at the end of next chapter that I believe he gave his life freely, recalling what we had been good that we had been good to one another when we were puppies. So that kind of lends credence. And he was found with his head on Fitz's chest. Nosy was. Nosy was found with um, his head on Fitz's chest. So, I mean, it lends a little bit of credence that he was alive afterwards and was just having that physical connection with Fitz. Mm -hmm. So he could have been doing that 100%. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. The... uh, but, I mean, looking through other people's eyes just as a counterpoint is a typical thing that skill users do, and it was specifically taught. I always thought that skill users don't look through the eyes necessarily. They like, it's like a um, projection of the spirit or something. I don't know how to explain. Like, you that's know how out-of-body experience? Yeah. That kind of feel is what I, I you mean, I can guess- do that, but it's what uh, Verity does to Fitz later on right. is riding in his mind that's true. and also what he's literally doing with august right now because fitz then later describes looking that's through true. august's eyes at the thing so mm-hmm. it's i think he's occupying that mind i love the i love the wit connection there yeah. though and i think that maybe that's part of the where too. it blends like because maybe. we know that they're related so maybe that's part of the blending and I like how he thought, you know like i i I think personally think too that they like have a huge overlap and they blend. But I thought when it's described in the books that the circle of magic wit and skill are on the opposite sides. Mm. That's what I, that's what I thought, but but I could be wrong. Yeah. I always pictured, (laughs) I always pictured it as like Mm -hmm. little magics in between the two separating both sides. But like, I don't know. I see them as closer together. Me too. Me too. Personally. I just was trying to remember exactly. Yeah. I guess I know at some point it's talked about, but. I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a great thought. I actually really like that. Um, it's just that, like, for a while in this beginning part, there's a lot of um, animal-like imagery. Yeah. And uh, throughout the whole thing, I guess, this whole situation, there's a lot of animal imagery when it comes to Fitz, specifically in his interactions with Verity. And so I just wondered if that was on purpose to show that some of the strength is coming not 
fully from skill yeah. because he's a super strong wit talent. Like mm-hmm. he's just crazy strong in it. So, and that's where his actual strength comes from. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what he needs to draw on to be good yeah. at skill. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so um, he's looking through Verity's eyes. Um, he sees uh, there are a few people there to witness Verity witnessing his bride's pledge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which is kind of a weird thing. Like, what do you do while he's just sitting there in a chair? Just sitting there watching. Uh, just clap whenever he looks like he's coming to. <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, he sees everyone around and then... He sees Galen, who's supposed to be offering his strength as a kingsman, was poised beside beside and slightly behind Verity, waiting to drain him dry. And shrewd, in crown and robe upon his throne, was all unknowing. His skill burned and dulled away years ago by misuse, and him too proud to admit it. Yeah, and that's looking through Verity's eyes, probably mm-hmm. with like his knowledge of yeah. the people. So, did August reach out to the king? Is that why the king was angry? Because he couldn't keep the connection for very long and didn't want to admit a weakness? I think he still reached out to the king, but I think Shrewd doesn't want to spend... Yeah, like he swats people Mm -hmm. aside, and I'm sure that's why Fitz couldn't reach him, because one, his skill... At the time, when Fitz was reaching out, he wasn't using his reserves of strength. He didn't have the strength from Nosy, potentially. Mm -hmm. So he couldn't reach Shrewd, but if someone with that connection to him could reach him, he wouldn't want to keep that connection very long because right. that would admit that you would see into him yeah. his weakness. And part of diplomacy is knowing the weaknesses of others and holding those secrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, I don't know, I just found that really interesting that he's actually not very skilled. Yeah. Um, which is, which brings into mind, like, what was the misuse? Like, what was yeah. his misuse to burn away or dull the skill in him? Did he just not use it for decades until it was, like, needed and then he found, like, it, he was out of practice? I don't think that's the case. Yeah, we don't know enough about it because right. the more you use it, the stronger you get in it, supposedly. Right. There's also and- people that are, quote, too old to teach skill because Shrewd was, like, looking for the old mm-hmm. coterie members. Did they just not use the skill for a long time and want to get way away from that life and then theirs was not being able to be used? Or did Shrewd actually do something? Does this mean that if Verity were to have lived, he wouldn't have been able to use a skill anymore after this period either? Like, maybe if you use a lot of skill in one setting and, like, as much as Verity is using, you... and then stop, you can't really get back into it. Maybe. I don't... I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe he wasn't very strong to begin with. His brother isn't very strong, although that's more so from a lifetime of not using a muscle that... Yeah. You know, he could have been. But maybe it's just not a strong trait. I don't know. Um, through through August's eyes, we see Ketrikin telling the lie to the people that they promised that they would tell. Mm-hmm. That Rurisks, uh submitted to his wound on the ice fields, the arrow, and he has passed away. Um, and she was pledging herself to the six duchies and hoped 
to please his memory, to fulfilling that task that he set out to accomplish, to unite those two peoples. And then Galen's claw of a hand settled on Verity's shoulder. I broke into his link with Verity, pushed him aside. Beware Galen, Verity. Beware a traitor come to drain you dry. Touch him not. And I think that springs Galen's plan a little bit sooner than he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Hearing that warning, he starts to drain him. Right. But also, he broke into his link mm-hmm. to talk to Verity. So what was he? What did he have with Verity before? That's he, he broke into Galen's link with Verity. Right. I think you're able to have multiple links with people. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that like. And also, Fitz is closer to Verity than Galen would be. And I think Verity knows to hold Galen at a contained link and very tight. Like, this is the only communication we're getting. We're, I'm not letting you into my mind. Right. So and there Fitz, was just... Fitz broke into Verity's actual mind and is looking through. Mm. So I think he was just... Fitz was able to oversee what was happening, and Galen didn't know Fitz was there yet. Mm. That's my know. thoughts on it. I don't know. I guess I just thought it was like weird that he was breaking into a link to talk to Verity when he was already in his head. Like, why couldn't? He, why did he have to break into that link to say, "Hey, something's wrong"? Yeah. Why? Again, again, we don't know much about the skill, yeah. like at all. <laughs> Can we? We need like a. You know how the Harry Potter books have like the textbooks that they printed later. Or yeah, yeah. She printed later. We need that, but like about the skill, we need the skill scrolls. Published. All right, Robin Hobb, get on it. We need a primer on exactly how the skill works. I need to be able to practice it. Yes. Um, so Galen starts draining him. It's like a vortex. Yeah, it's like a vortex. Verity's skill is incredibly strong. He's the strongest user that Shrewd has seen in his lifetime. But he's been using his skill so much, so strongly all day to keep the red ships away from the shores that he has no well of strength left for himself. Right. And so it's the draining is going incredibly quickly and Verity doesn't have any of those reserves. So he's getting drained dry very fast. Mm-hmm. Well, he puts everything into his skill. Yeah. So... Fitz is trying to cling to Verity and and is saying, like, my prince, Verity, he senses a a brief rallying from him, but there's nothing that he can really do at the moment, and Verity starts to sag. And all the while, Galen's like, oh, keeps his hand on his shoulder, are you all right, my prince? Mm -hmm. And that's when Fitz literally flings everything else that he has towards him. Mm Mm-hmm. Reserves I had not suspected in myself. I opened up and let them go, just as Verity did when he skilled. I had not known I had so much to give. Take it all. I would die anyway. And you were always good to me when I was young. Says the 15-year-old. I heard the words clearly as if I had spoken them and felt the breaking of a mortal bond as strength flowed into Verity through me. He waxed suddenly, strong, beast-strong, and angry. So here we have strength he doesn't know he had, a breaking of a mortal bond, and beast strength. And this is why I think part, part of this is from Nosey. Oh yeah, it's all coming together. 
Rest in peace, the good boy. Good pop. Um, yeah, no, that, that makes a ton of sense. And I think the first time I read this, when I didn't realize it was nosy, I thought it was just the breaking of a mortal bond, basically Fitz willing himself to die, giving all of his strength away to right. Verity. But the nosy thing makes way more sense. I don't know. And also, I just made it up, so... <laughs> <laughs> well... I could be completely wrong. I didn't write this book. <laughs> yeah, but I think you're right, so in my head, that's fine. <laughs> Thank you, yeah, well... <laughs> Um, but Verity has the the complete anime turnaround here and is like Noni? (laughs) I shall be fine to Galen as he takes off his hand I but worried about you you seem so you seem to tremble are you sure you are strong enough for this you must not attempt a challenge that is beyond you think what might happen He's like so threatening in his. In uh-huh. his Will he standing up? And- yeah, his his threats like underlying his tone of voice. And as a gardener pulls a weed from the earth, Verity smiled and pulled from the traitor all that was in him. Galen fell, clutching his chest, an empty man-shaped thing. Now, literally straight up murders him by sucking his soul out of his like- body and using his strength. <laughs> like. Dang, you know he was just waiting for the opportunity. He was like, please, every night before bed, please, <laughs> please, Etta and Elle, please give me an opportunity. <laughs> like, just anything that I can get away with. <laughs> and oh. he took it, and he was happy. And I mean, he oh. knows Galen's an awful person. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I don't think he would think or knew that he would go that far. Probably um, not, because he's a good person. And yeah, but also, the best people. this is probably the best that Verity has felt in months and months <laughs> since he drew strength from Fitz. True, he's been a walking shell of a man, basically trying to use yeah. a skill, and now he has all of the strength from Galen and like all of the strength from Nosy slash Fitz. Right, which also how, does he permanently keep Galen's strength or? It's just such a... We don't know enough about the yeah. skill, and I just don't understand, like... I think the way that, like, um... What is it, like... Is it Will who's draining King Shrewd's skill mm-hmm. later on? I think the way that he's doing that, or Will does it, mm-hmm. um, like, actually permanently keeps it, but the way that Verity did it to Galen, I think he was just, like, draining him dry to... Well, and I guess, I mean... You use up the skill, yeah. and the skill is somehow attached to your soul. Right. So, I guess technically you do get to keep it until you use it. <laughs> I I could see the people that you drain to like all the way. You get mm-hmm. to keep that skill because Verity becomes like he he makes a dragon all by himself, pretty much. Right. At the end, like he's super yeah. strong. The people that are still alive and, like, just lone strength, I don't think you get to keep that. Right. But I don't know. It just begs the question of, like, does that reserve... Then, like... So I think of it as, like, a little heart in the corner of his player. Sure. (laughs) Does he now have two hearts that get to refill? Both of them refill? Right. Or is it just one heart, a a double, temporary double heart, and then it'll go back down to one once he uses all of the first heart? I think the second thing, the the temporary health, the temporary skill Mm -hmm. would be Fitz loaning his strength and still being alive and that skill being attached. But the way that Will does it to Shrewd, and I think he does it to some of his coterie later, I'm not sure. Um, He permanently gains that second skill container <laughs> i don't know it's just so know, it yeah. doesn't make sense to me. again we don't know enough. right right um but yeah i think like i, I 
I think I remember a plot where Will is trying to gain more power, basically, through mm. draining people. I guess I, I don't think know. it's Will. I don't know. He's always the main antagonist later, <laughs> so. Um, but yeah, so Galen has died. Mm-hmm. Verity has a little uh, turnaround there, and then now that he is so powerful and strong with a skill and, and, you know, just filled to the brim with strength that he hasn't had in a long time, um, he focuses through August. And now he says the the paragraph, the warning that I mentioned at the beginning of this chapter. Um, So keep in mind that the art of diplomacy is the luck of knowing more of your rival's secrets than he knows of yours. Always deal from a position of power. These were Shrewd's maxims, and Verity abided by them. So he is, in the sense of conveying information as a message to Regal, he is warning Regal not to follow in his half-brother's footsteps and just cut your cut your garbage that you're doing. I'm warning you right now. Galen was too ambitious. He attempted that which was beyond his skill. A pity the queen's bastard could not be content with the position she gave him. A pity my younger brother could not dissuade his half-brother from his misplaced ambitions. Galen overstepped his position. My younger brother should take heed of what comes of such recklessness. He continues, but I want to talk about that first part. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, it's so layered in here of, like, subtle threats of, like, I know he was a bastard. I know he was your half-brother. Those are secrets that I have that you don't want out. Uh-huh. Position like knowing more secrets right. of your rival and the position of power of like he overstepped his bounds too bad that his younger half-brother couldn't dissuade him uh-huh. from doing this. So how do you think it'll look whenever yeah. it gets out that he tried to kill me and that he's your brother and that you had contact with him? Yep. And also at the same time warning him that he overstepped his position. He's using the words. Don't do that. (laughs) He's using the words Galen used about Fitz. Yeah, basically. Just because Fitz or Galen said he didn't want to train Fitz and that he should be content with what the king, the position the king gave him already. Yeah. Shouldn't overstep his boundary. And Regal's or Verity is telling Regal, hmm, weird. And then with the straight-up threat afterwards, Galen overstepped his position. My younger brother should take heed of what comes of such recklessness. That's a straight-up threat. Yeah. That's not even, like, subtle there, but... I killed him. <laughs> don't overstep your place, Regal. Just saying. Two is a nice, lovely, even number. Yeah. So... And then he, he, he uh, really pounds that into August's head that... Uh, Be sure to tell Regal privately. Not many knew Galen was the Queen's bastard and his half-brother. I am sure he would not want scandal to soil his mother's name or his. Such family secrets should be well guarded. So that gives August a position of power over Regal as well Mm -hmm. for this uh, conversation. Yep. And really pounds in, again, the people have this secret over you, Regal. Don't (sighs) screw up. Don't do anything. Mm -hmm. Which... It's really interesting the point of you wouldn't want to soil your mother's name. And it makes me feel like 
this must have been pent up rage at like they were trying to soil his brother's name and they were trying to look down on his brother and make it look so bad because nobody knows a secret and she's no better. Yeah. And wouldn't it be so bad if you have been sitting here talking all this crap about how horrible chivalry is and how if you have a baby out of wedlock, you're a trash person and how you don't mean anything. Hmm. What would that look like if your mother was one of those people? Where's her standing then? And therefore, where's your standing? And like, it's just so deep and it's so good that he's drawing on things that have been said by Regal. Like he's using Regal's words and logic against him and putting in his face that you don't make any sense. So (laughs) it's it's one of the best call outs of this series. Honestly, seriously, he literally drops August the mic whenever he's done like <laughs> poor august though man poor august <laughs> and then with the force that put august on his knees verity pushed through him to stand before ketchikin in her mind he's literally reaching through to august's mind and then extending beyond august to reach into ketchikin's mind mm-hmm. <sighs> misuse of the skill through <laughs> maybe oh there you go august i don't know you're welcome um, but he's trying to be gentle. Yeah, I sensed his effort to be gentle. But this is for in, in Ketrickin's yes, mind, not, not for August. No. Um, August is just a tool for him. <laughs> he's literally the mic. I await you, my queen in waiting. And by my name, I swear to you, I had naught to do with your brother's death. I knew nothing of it, and I grieve with you. I would not want you to come to me thinking his blood on my hands. Like a jewel opening was the light in Verity's heart as he exposed it to her that she might know she had not been given to a murderer. Selflessly, he made himself vulnerable to her, giving trust to build trust. She swayed, but stood. August fainted. Then the contact was gone. Verity, to wrap this up, just... Cuffs Fitz back into his body because he's giving too much and he doesn't want Fitz to die. Cuffed him like a bear, and he slammed back into his silent, sightless body. Verity really, really opened himself up to Ketrickin there, which is awesome. That's yeah. what she needed, Yeah, honestly. She, he was speaking her love language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he did it, and I don't know if she can understand how vulnerable he's being, because in my mind the way he's opening up to her is letting her into his mind. Yeah. Even if it's just a little sliver and maybe Fitz can't see what exactly is being exchanged. But that means opening yourself up like that means that there is a doorway to harm you. Right. Which Fitz knows better than anybody. (laughs) Usually with people who are well-versed in the skill and know what they're doing. But yes, that's still still a vulnerability to... (laughs) For anybody to bear themselves down to their open Literal mind, what soul. they what they actually think and what they're actually feeling. That's mm-hmm. that's a vulnerability that anyone can attest to. Right. And, and he's doing it literally. Yeah. <laughs> mind yeah. to mind. Like you she could reach out and physically harm him if she wanted to. And I don't know. I just I really like that he's done this because he doesn't know her. I mean, we know that she's a good person and that she is someone. A little rash. Yeah, (laughs) a little. A little. Um, And that she deserves his love. But he doesn't know her. And 
maybe there was a little bit of information sharing on Fitz's part, but I mean, I don't know. It's just really brave of him. I, I really, I really like it. He's not that bad. Not that I ever thought he was to begin (laughs) with, but (laughs) true. Well, that wraps up this chapter. A lot went on. We only have one chapter, which is basically another wrap up and then an epilogue after that. And we're done with this book. Yeah. This is literally like the last big climax action scene. Right. Weirdly enough, I would say that I think this chapter is a happy fits chapter. Hear me out. Ooh. Hear me out. <laughs> I'm listening, but skeptically. <laughs> he is ending this chapter knowing Burek is alive, has a chance to continue living. He has saved Verity's life. Yeah. Galen's gone. And Ketrickin trusts him. Yeah, or trusts Verity now. Verity was able to clear the air. doesn't know that Nosy is dead yet. Exactly. <laughs> so, rough. Definitely a beat up place, but I think he can, we can at least end with, there's some general happiness of like, I did it. I, even if I die, I saved something. And so I feel like maybe pride. Yeah. I was going to say triumphant, but not happy, but I know with all those like things added up. Yeah. I I can chalk it up for that. I guess (laughs) successful. A weird, weird chapter to say that I think that he's happy (laughs) at the end of, (laughs) But yeah, I stand by it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to us today. Ramble on about random things. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to ramble with us, please reach out to our email, isfitshappy at gmail.com, or hit us up on any of the social medias at isfitshappy. So now we're going to talk a little bit about the stuff you guys talked to us about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so first up, we got an email from a listener named Keith, uh, who was talking about last chapter, where I was a little hesitant to think that Ketrickin was fully innocent. Um, I had said that I thought that maybe Regal had told Ketrickin that he was going to be the king in waiting soon. Yeah. Just like uh, implying like, hey, we yeah. can be married and uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. So I had said that maybe that was a possibility in my mind. Um, and they had a really interesting take um, that when Ketrickin is talking about her fulfilling her duty to marry him. She's saying she's marrying the title as in, if I say I'm marrying the man, that means it's a love thing, and right. I can never love the man who ordered a hit on my brother. And also, um, I'm a sacrifice in this, basically. Like, yeah. It's my duty that I was literally raised to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So she can't marry Verity, the man, but mm-hmm. she can marry the title that she was promised to. Yep. And I thought that was a very interesting distinction. And I really liked that explanation. And it helped me feel like she doesn't know. <laughs> Regal really did keep it from her. And I'm okay with that change of uh, thinking pace. Yeah, um, I I completely agree with Keith. I don't think that she ever knew anything. So We also had a, well, I had a very lovely talk um, with Inna on Instagram. 
Inna brought up the possibility of wit, the skill of wit, <laughs> um, being a potential metaphor for um, LGBTQ plus issues or just in general being part of this um, umbrella, rainbow umbrella, <laughs> and how wit is something that is seen as dirty and um, not good and looked down upon and you're different. Um, you're not accepted if you have it. And there's this pushing down of the wit by Burek of saying, I don't I don't have it. And even if I do, I'm just going to fight against using it. Like, I'm not going to believe in this. And mm-hmm. it's very reminiscent of um, a lot of queer people's struggles. Um, yeah. I think especially this book is written in the 90s. Um, there wasn't as much acceptance as there is today. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely an interesting thought of thinking of it like that, of where the person who has it is made to feel less than and different and like they don't belong and like it's not natural. Specifically, um, they mentioned that it's widely considered, the wit is widely considered to be dirty and animalistic and something that corrupts you. Right. Which, yeah, um, definitely was a feeling and still is a thought in some people in the world. Yeah. And um, it does draw amazing connections between the two, mm-hmm. LGBTQ plus and the wit. Right. Um, how it's persecuted, how uh, people have to keep it repressed and hidden. And there's secret societies where, where mm-hmm. those people can actually gather and be themselves and be themselves. Right. And nobody there looks down on them. And I don't know. I just, I really like that connection there. And I agree or I believed personally that that is a very logical thing to think. And I, I know books are subjective to the readers and that yeah. sometimes we read in our own experiences there. Um, and maybe that's what this is, but I do think it's a really good take and something worth bringing up that it does kind of make that feeling accessible for those of us who have felt that mm-hmm. and felt like, Oh, I'm not like I'm dirty in some way, but really it's just, who you are yeah. and it, and I think that's what Fitz fights with of this isn't just because some people who have this do bad things doesn't mean that I have to be that way right this is just something natural that I'm born with and this is how I'm gonna live mm-hmm. and I don't see the point of pretending otherwise more connected right fully accepting that side of him so yeah and I just really liked that imagery um and it was a good, it was something that I had been thinking about prior that I just didn't quite know how to put into words. And so I was really excited to get the message because it really clicked the points <laughs> together for me that I was trying, I was kind of grasping with. They also, um, I do want to say they also make a wider point about fantasy books in general. Right. Um, how magic is often um, secretive and it's often like this. Uh, select class it's sometimes frowned upon magic users are shunned or persecuted Mm -hmm. somehow and it can be applied to a lot of fantasy books in general i think that also speaks to the magic of books again um that so many different kinds of people can come to a book and read in and have an experience that they're going through yeah be brought to life in a fantastical way um, in a sense of magical ability. And I just think that's really cool. Whether or not it was intentional on 
Robin Hobbs part. I think it's really cool that there is something like that that we can attribute to our own lives and something yeah. that is tangible. Um, and it just kind of makes it, the story more real and um, broad in a really colorful way. <laughs> well, I love fantasy. Yeah. You can get lost in them and, and it's escapism, but at the same time, there are so many parallels and so many characters that are working through issues that are comfortable for you to connect to and mm -hmm. deal with in that space. Right. I don't know. Love yeah. it. Yeah, I do too. And I really like, I mean, this book also touches a lot on mental health. Yeah. Um, and brings that discussion forward and maybe. It's a good parallel with the wit as well. Yeah. Like literally anything that you're ashamed of that people shun and put to the side mm -hmm. and condemn. I just love the fact that it can bring up conversations and maybe help readers realize something going on in their life that they didn't realize before and help them read into things. And I just, I love that about this series. I don't know. It's so, so internally focused that I, I don't, at least the books that I've read, um, usually sweeping broad epic fantasy series focus on a lot of different characters and they focus on overarching like plot and things like that. And this is so character driven mm -hmm. over so many books that you really get to see the development and the thoughts and the feelings that come from one person dealing with all of these issues in their own mind. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I love talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> love reading it. <laughs> it's just very interesting. Yeah. I like it a lot. Thank you so much um, for reaching out. Yeah. Thank you so much for sending messages. Thank you so much for liking Emma's memes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> occasionally i have some input but uh, it's mostly her brainchild over there you help thank you so much for uh for tuning in every week yeah one more and we're finished with the this book which is crazy well, maybe maybe two more episodes we'll have to discuss if we yeah. want to do epilogue special epilogue episode yeah epilogue and discuss the whole book or something Ooh. A nice extra long because you know these aren't long enough so. <laughs> well we can't don't promise an extra long one we'll no. see <laughs> we'll see no i'm sure nobody wants that <laughs> <laughs> no it's been it's really fun doing this and we really like having conversations with you guys and especially when you guys bring up stuff that we maybe didn't think of or didn't know how to talk about um it's just really nice and sometimes you change our minds or, or things bring up things that uh, we have thought of and we have talked about because we discuss the same things over and over, yep. as you can probably tell. So we love it. A lot so. of repeating. <laughs> but yeah, we just, we really like the community that we have going on. So yeah. thanks for being part of it. And we hope you guys stay as long as it feels like home.